Good morning in Hoffa Day Church. Coming back to Bayview is like coming back home. I know I was born and raised here, but it was here in this place that I raised my family. This is where we bought our first house and where I first cut my teeth in ministry. I'm so thankful for Bayview Church and their imprint on me and my wife's life. During the pandemic, though, many of you guys know, um, a lot of churches and businesses closed down. And the Spirit started doing a stirring in my heart. During a time when places were closing down, churches were closing their doors, I, I received a call from the Lord, literally. I got a, I got a phone call on my cell phone uh, from Hawaii, from the Send Network Ministries, who, who does church planting. And they asked me if, if I wanted a church plant on the island of Guam because they were looking for church planters. And so I answered that call. And so I'm thankful for all the support that I've received here at Bayview and for a number of different opportunities that God's allowed me to uh, just go to the States, go to a lot of different churches, some smaller, some bigger, a lot of different church planning conferences, been able to network with a lot of different people. And just I'm very humbled by all the opportunities that God has given me to grow me um, to, with our team, be able to church plant. Next week, Bayview is going to be sending out a group from this congregation to plant Gospel Life, Gospel Life Church. And I love uh, the picture that's depicted here. Actually, if you guys know Manny, Manny made this sign for us. But I love what it depicts because it's a symbol of Guam or life on Guam, but Christ is in the center. You want Christ to be our identity. We want Christ to be our strength. We want Christ to be our life. And so just like what Baby's been doing for almost over 70 years now, we, will, we would like to come along uh, churches like this to be able to proclaim Christ and Him crucified. You know, um, I was walking at Paseo just earlier this morning, and there were 30-plus different fishermen out there, many with different styles, some were fishing alone, someone with their friends, different fishing equipment with fishing poles. That's what we're doing, guys. We're just fishing. We're not fishing for fish, but we're fishing for people. And we're trying to catch them in our nets by showing them the love of Christ and that life is found in him. And that satisfaction is ultimately in Christ. Today we're going to be looking at John chapter 3, particularly John chapter 3, 16 this morning. So would you guys recite it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is the reason why Bayview exists. This is the reason, parents, why you, you bring your kids to church. This is the reason why gospel life will be planted, because of the love of God displayed in Christ Jesus. So you, would you with me, pray with me this morning as we give this time to the Lord? Oh God, would you be gracious to us and bless us this morning? Would you make your face to shine upon us so that your way would be made known on the earth, your saving work among all peoples, let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
Let this island be glad and sing for joy. Your saving name among all nations. Lord, as we have felt your presence through the singing and through the praying, Lord, we ask that we would also feel your presence and hear your spirit speak to us through the reading of your word this morning. Jesus, meet us where we're at. Help us to worship you like never before. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you would, with me, turn to your Bible to John chapter 3. I'll be looking at John chapter 3, verse 16, but in order for us to understand what's happening in that particular verse, we'll have to look at the whole context. So we'll look at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. The apostle John says this. He describes this story. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I, I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but, that the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is God's word. In this passage, we see John depict this historical story of Nicodemus, who is a prominent figure, a ruler of the Jews, and a teacher of Israel. One ruler engaging another ruler. The ruler of Israel engaging the king of heaven. They had a conversation about kingdoms, 
And this ruler asked the question, what would it cost for me to come to your kingdom? And Jesus says that you must believe. He gives a ray of hope as he shares John 3.16, for God to love the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, I know many of you in this room, as we read this, you didn't even have to read it on the screen. You guys have memorized it. If you guys are anything like me, I memorized it in the old, the old King James in Awanas. Um, many different connotations come up when, when we think of that verse, John 3.16. I think about the, the guy in the sports arena holding up the John 3.16 sign. I was talking with a friend of mine who was saying Tim Tebow had it under his eyes and it got millions of hits. John 3.16 is, is hit on the internet 2.1 million times a, a month. That's, that's only second to what uh, John preached last week, Jeremiah 29, for I know the thoughts that I have for you plans to give you hope in the future, which is hit an, a whopping 81,000 times. Oh, for us to understand this message, not only from an evangelistic perspective, but our, my, my heart and my desire t- today for you this morning is to speak to not only the unbeliever, but the believers as well. To help you know that John 3.16 is not just an evangelistic verse. It is a verse for you, and it is a verse for me. It is a verse for all those who follow Christ. Now, what do, I, what do I mean by this? The main point for our sermon today is that eternal life is more than just a future hope. It is a daily blessing. Eternal life Pastor Kevin, he preached a series on heaven and the hope that we have in the future and the eternal life that we will partake of and enjoy. But what I want us to see in this text, when Christ talks about eternal life, it's not merely a future hope. It's something that is a blessing for today. Let me explain it to you in three different points. Point number one, Christ's gift of eternal life is an ever-present reality or blessing. Number two, Christ's gift of eternal life is fueled by a never-ending supply. And number three, Christ's gift of eternal life is a life-giving gift that keeps on giving. So let's look at the first point. Christ's gift of eternal life is an ever-present present blessing. We can discern this as we look closely at John chapter 3, as we look at verse 16, by looking at the grammar. I know many of you guys uh, thought you were done with grammar after high school and in college, but just bear with me for a sec. Um, I really think that if you understand this, you'll be able to appreciate this passage a a little more. So it says, for God so loved, the action verb here, loved, It's a past tense verb that he gave, another past tense verb, so that whoever believes, or in present tense, those who are believing, should not perish, but have eternal life. 
That's a present verb. That is, another way to say it is, are you believing in Jesus today? Because if you are believing in Jesus today, then that means that you have not only received eternal life, you are receiving and are receptive of that life. You have that life in you today. You know, it's, it's so easy for us to think about eternal life in terms of insurance. I think of health insurance or maybe house insurance if you guys own a house. And we think about it in terms of when we get that doctor's bill or when a typhoon comes and there are parts of our, heart, of our houses that are destroyed. And it's so good to have those, that insurance. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about uh, an insurance kind of like we have on Guam, where not only is there benefits for those rainy days, but there is a benefit also for today. There are some insurances today that you could get complimentary health, uh, health benefits, like, uh, uh, like being able to go to the gym for free or going to restaurants and eating healthy. And that's, that's even more so the type of gift that, that Christ gives to us. It's not something merely for the future. It's also something for the now as well. And I want you to see that blessing. You see, when we, when we think about eternal life, I think of the guy in YouTube where uh, he has something on, uh, called the blueprint, and he's a 40-year-old who does this regimen where he takes all these different vitamins, he eats healthy, uh, he, he exercises, and he's trying to live to past 120 years old, or maybe even greater than that. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about quanti- or when I talk about eternal life. Eternal life is more than just a quantity of living more days. What I'm talking about is not just quantity, but quality of life. We see this as Jesus speaks to the crowd in John chapter 10, where he says, The thief has come only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, eternal life is not just living on and on and on and on. Eternal life is a quality of life that, that Christ gives you through his spirit today. Eternal life is the fullness of life that you can experience in the midst of trial, in the midst of suffering. It's a life that is only given through the Spirit. Sadly, I know of people who are breathing but are not living. There are many people all throughout today, they're tired, they're beaten down. And when you talk to them, they, take, they suck the life out of you. They have so many problems that um, they, they drain you. And to be honest, with all the things that have, been, that have been happening on our island, not just a pandemic, but then a huge uh, super typhoon, a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people in this room maybe even. I want you to know that you can find eternal life and hope today. Not just for the later but Christ wants to meet you in, 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 that, in that suffering. I want you to know, Christian, 
that God has called us to a different quality of life, to not only experience eternal life in the future, but to experience that fullness and abundance of life today. And I'm excited to share that with you this morning. I recently came across an article from the New York Times, and the name of the article was The Moral Bucket List. The author of this uh, article gets a little bit into how people can um, gain a better quality of life. Everyone wants a better quality of life, whether it's you for yourself or for parents, for their children. We all want a life that's better for those who come after us. The author points out that there are two different virtues that people pursue in order to get that quality of life. One of those virtues is called resume virtues. These are the types of virtues that are needed for skills or requirements to continue to make it in the workforce. But the second one he calls eulogy virtues. These are the virtues that people acquire so that when, when someone has a funeral, uh, these are the things, things that are highlighted. These are the things that are celebrated. And so the author then points out that instead of just pursuing these resume virtues, we should be looking uh, for these eulogy virtues in our life. And as you pursue those eulogy virtues, you'll get those resume virtues in the process. You see, if you focus on the resume virtues, you may cut out different things, like maybe your, your relationship with your family, the time that you should be spending at home, you're, you're spending in your job, or living in such a, uh, sometimes a cutthroat environment. Maybe you would promote yourself to the extent of breaking those relationships. That is not the way that Christ has called us to live. I see the wisdom in this article, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I could, I could glean from this wisdom um, from someone who's uh, seeing it from a secular perspective. But when Christ explains what a quality of life looks like, he says not to pursue virtues, like the virtues of res- resume virtues and eulogy virtues, And we see this because Nicodemus is a very successful man. The text says that he is a ruler of Israel and that he is a teacher or professor of this country. It's almost like this this Jordan Peterson slash president type figure who is is extremely smart but then also uh, a leader in the community. And as I read some of the different commentaries, it talked about how Nicodemus was very much a true Renaissance man. He had a, a, a diverse skill set with political influence and engaging in business dealings in all different languages and cultures. He epitomized what it means to be successful. He pursued those resume virtues and those eulogy virtues. But what does Christ say? Christ says in John chapter 3, verse 3, speaking to this successful man, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In, in essence, Jesus is conveying 
to both Nicodemus and all those who read this text that God will not be impressed by your resume. God is not impressed by your virtues or the characters that, that you have. The only thing that will give you a quality of life that will last for all eternity is not by pursuing virtues, but pursuing Christ through belief in him. When we believe in Christ, he imparts to us his spirit. And that spirit works in our hearts and changes us and gives us what is called the fruit of the spirit. And when those fruit of the spirit grow in your life, guess what? You, you do get virtues. They're Christ-like virtues. So as you pursue Christ and he works in your life, not only will you get those eulogy virtues or the re those resume virtues, but you will also receive that quality of life and fullness of, of life in Christ through the Spirit as well. More can be said about this subject, but I, right now I just want us to realize that Christ is where we find that higher, better quality of life. There are many different ways to to pursue those qualities and, uh, of life, to have that higher life. But only way that that will last is if you find your life in Christ, if you find your identity in him. In Christ, as is said in John chapter 10, verse 10, it's in him that you find that abundance and fullness of life. Point number two, Christ's gift of eternal life is fueled by a never-ending supply. Not only do we see this in the grammar of John 3.16, but we also see this in the motivation, in the way that this passage is constructed. What is the thing that, that led to the action of his giving? It says here, For God so loved the world. It was God's love that motivated him to do what he did for us. That word is agape. If you were to look at a, a Greek dictionary, Lonida says this about what agape is. Agape is a love demonstrated by someone that does not merely show itself in word and in talk, but by means of action. What kind of love did Christ um, exude? It's a type of love that's not just a speaking of words, but he did it in his action. And what action did he express his love in? He didn't just give a good gift. He gave the best gift. He gave his son, the author and giver of life. And through him, we can receive that fullness of life. There are so many different places that you can look at this in scripture, but let me just share one of them with you. Paul, in Romans says in, in 8.32, is he says, he did not spare his own son, but gave himself up freely or him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You want a higher quality of life? You want that fullness of life? That is found in Christ alone. Think about agape and the different types of loves that we see and experience today. 
Maybe you, when you think about the most loving relationship, you think of a husband and wife relationship or a parent and child where that parent would do anything for, for that child. But in this life, on this side of eternity, we as human beings are very limited in our loves. You know, the extent of our loves are kind of like this table here that's holding up uh, this, this object. It, it could only go so far. I'll love you as much as you are on, on my parameters, but if you get off of it, I, I can't love you. Some, sometimes, and, and, and for some people today, some, some people have larger tables than others, but we even in our humanness are very limited at times. Not so with the love of Christ. The love of Christ is vast. His table is endless. There's nowhere on the table where you could go where his love does not find you. He loves you with an everlasting love. His love is higher than the heavens. It stretches toward the sky. It is higher than Mount Everest and lower than the Marianas Trench. This eternal loving relationship is also given to us. As we receive that, that eternal life and eternal love from Christ, that then gives us the gift and allowance to be able to love in capacities that we humanly sometimes don't. Because when we truly understand the love of Christ, the infinite worth that he places in us and the care and tenderness that he cares for us and how he has met you in this place, he then gives us the ability to love the way that he loves, to mirror his type of love. The Apostle Paul prays that we would exude this love and understand it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, that these Ephesian believers would know how wide and long, how high and deep the love of Christ is, and to know the love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. How great is his love for you? As great as his character. He is infinite. He is boundless. He is measureless. He is all-wise. He is ever-present. That is the extent of his love. God does not love like we do with our limits, almost conditionally or transactionally, Christ's love is different. Christ loved us even though we were sinners. Even though the people who put him on the cross, Christ prayed for them and loved them. In Christ, because of the eternal life he gives us, we are also able to experience this eternal or fullness of love, this never-ending love that is found in Christ. Have you ever received that love? Do you, have you ever received the love and acceptance that Christ gives and offers to all freely? God wants you to experience this abundance of life through his never-ending love. Point number three, 
Christ's gift of eternal life is a gift that keeps on giving. Christ's gift of eternal life is a gift that keeps on giving. I love those gifts, the ones that continue to give on and on and on. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Honestly, it would take an entire, uh, the, the, the whole entire Bible to explain all the different benefits that we receive through our life in Christ. But let me just give you two from this passage. The first one is found in verse 17. In the eternal life that God gives us with, one of the gifts that continues to keep on giving is that we no longer have, have to feel that sense of condemnation. And that second uh, gift that we will see in a little bit is in verse 19, where he gives us new affections for good things. So let's look at the first gift that keeps on giving, a freedom from condemnation. In verse, verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that in the world, that, that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We understand that there is a future condemnation. Pastor Kevin preached on this on the Bema Seat where we're all going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account for our words and our actions. Those who are in Christ will not be condemned, but will be accepted the way Christ was. And those who have not received and believed in him will be condemned. But that's not the, the type of condemnation that, that this verse is talking about this morning. This condemnation is a daily condemnation. It is those voices that you hear those voices of guilt and shame that are inflicted by, by Satan or maybe even yourself and how you speak to yourself. It's that, that shame of how you, you think you're not raising your family the way that you should or you're not where you, you would like to be. And it starts to discourage you. You start speaking to yourself and you start feeling uncared for or maybe even worthless. Christian, I want you to know today that you are no longer condemned through Jesus Christ. Scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus today. Shake off those guilty fears. Shake off that shame. Jesus does not want you to live there. He has opened those prison gates, and he wants you to walk out of those chains. Number two, the second gift that continues to give through Christ's eternal life is that he offers us new affections. Verse 19 says, and this is the judgment or the condemnation that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, 
so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I want you to see, notice the two types of people in this passage. Christ is speaking to Nicodemus, who comes from the night or from darkness. And he says that there are people who receive this light and people who reject it. John chapter 1 talks about how Christ is the life and light who, who comes to the world. He created everything that you see. He created you and me. Yet it says that although he created them and, and came to his own, his own did not receive him. They repelled against that light. You see all throughout the Gospel of John, people who accept this light of Christ and those who reject it as well. Now it's easy for us to read Scripture and think, I would have never rejected that light to see those things. Let me speak to you for a moment in this room. Did you know that Christ manifests his life and light today? Did you know that Christ shines his light through his word? He shines it through those, those quiet times of devotion toward him. He shines his life and light in your community groups. Yet at times, we reject those lights. We want to be obscure. We don't want to be noticed. We want to just deal with our own issues and not share it with others. And we lose out on that opportunity for Christ's life and light to shine on those areas. I'm so thankful for the Gospel Life, Gospel Life team and how um, even though from a distance I felt the love, I felt the prayer um, coming in. And I, I'm just so thankful from even from that distance, they were able to shine the light of Christ on me as we were out there training for church planting. And here today, I want you to experience that same love and light here in this place, here at Bayview. Bayview has, shine, has been shining that beacon of hope and the light of Christ for over 70 years. And by God's grace, gospel life will be planted as Bayview being one of those supporters with a team that, that will be prayed over and sent out to be a light in this place. So whatever church you're at, or however you fish, know that God has called you to be ambassadors of that light, of that life. And the only way that we can give life, be life-giving, is by continually receiving that life ourselves. You know, at Gospel Life, we're going to be doing communion every week. And one of the reasons why I think uh, communion is important, there's a lot of different metaphors that explain what Christ has done for us. But to see that bread and to see that cup and to see that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have, have that life. To realize that Christ came as that life and light to this earth. And as we receive those elements, we are being reminded that we need to continually be receiving Christ. 
not just on that day that we receive Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, but we need to continually receive the light and life of Christ through the words that he speaks, through his word and through his people. Let's pray together. Father, may you bless us and keep us and make your face to shine through us in your Son, Christ Jesus, this morning. Lord, help us to be life givers here at Bayview Church. Lord, thank you for the life that you've poured out on us and in us and through us. And God, we ask that you would help us to be agents of that life and light to the people of Guam and beyond. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.